Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Training with Tucker podcast. My name is Tucker Gross. I am an endurance athlete and coach, and I started this podcast to put out short weekly episodes on a variety of different training topics to help athletes out there improve and have a deeper understanding of how to train. Today, I had a conversation with one of my athletes, Chapin Jacob, who recently completed the Chicago Marathon and the Boston Marathon on back-to-back days. He ran a 2.53 at Chicago for a three-minute PR, then followed that up the next day by running a 3.04 marathon at Boston. In this conversation, we chat about why he was inspired to run these two marathon majors in the same weekend. We talked about the logistics and how he pulled this off. And we also talked a little bit about his training and what we can learn from athletes like Chapin, Shalane Flanagan, and many others who ran two marathons in two days and did so without a significant drop-off in their performance. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Chapin Jacob. All right, Chapin, thanks so much for joining me today. How are you feeling? Good, happy to be here. Uh, A little tired after Chicago and Boston, but uh, I'm feeling good. Fantastic. Well, as I mentioned in the the intro, you decided to to run two marathon majors this fall on back-to-back days. And so that's what we're here to, to chat about today. And yeah. first off, I just want to ask you, you know, why did you want to pursue this as your goal for the fall to run to run Chicago and Boston? Um, sure. So I, my, I ran Chicago with my brother first off. Um, we were planning on doing that uh, back in 2020. He got deferred and then I somehow qualified in 2020. So I was able to get into the race through a qualifier in 2021. Boston was moved right after that to be Columbus Day weekend the following day. And I'm not one to give in to uh, scheduling delays too much. And I, I like challenges. So uh, this was certainly a new one, which I enjoyed. But and I don't think anybody really a few people thought I was going to do it. I don't I know my wife didn't think I was actually going to do it until uh, until Monday morning when I left the house. But uh, I love new challenges. So that's what the back yeah and i feel like although your reasoning was was really just you know as simple as they happen to be on the same weekend i know a lot of people that decided to do both simply because it was this unique opportunity it's a once in a lifetime thing it's like i mean as i've gotten more and more into the running community over the years um i mean it was like a runner's dream to be able to do back-to-back majors um, there were a few people on my flight back and plenty of people who I ran into uh, that were doing this. Um, I'm not, again, I'm not sure how many people, specifically my wife, actually believed that there were others, but uh, there were. And it was, again, it was a runner's game. Absolutely. And this was your first time doing either race or had you done any of them before? So I did Boston in 2019. Um, obviously, with COVID, it was canceled in 2020. Uh, I took 2020 
and ran a local marathon, uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, through Millennium Running, where I got my BQ. Um, so I had not done Chicago. I'd done Boston once. Uh, I probably run marathon distance about five times, but actually two, two races. Awesome. So, yeah. well, that's that's a really cool, cool double. Um, I'm sure there are people out there that maybe got to do their first two marathon majors on back-to-back days, which would be even, even cooler. But, um, yeah, there, there are so many inspirational stories of people that, that did both. Um, and I'd be curious, I know that some people have looked into the, the numbers, but, uh, you know, I'd be curious how people fared in terms of their, their times. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later, but, you know, one of the biggest challenges I'm sure with doing a marathon on a Sunday morning and then doing a marathon on a Monday morning in two different cities is the logistics. So how did you go about planning out the logistical side of doing two marathons in two days? So it was tricky for me, not as tricky for other folks. Like luckily I live in Boston. So how I said about the weekend was, um, I was able to go to Boston to the expo on Friday show my uh, COVID vaccination, pick up my bid for Boston on Friday, um, and then fly out to Chicago on Saturday. Whereas some people have this extra flight in there to fly into Boston, just to have to fly back to Chicago because you were required to be in person to pick up your bid in Boston. So anyways, I I picked up my bid on Friday for Boston, Saturday, we flew out to Chicago first thing in the morning, uh, went straight to the expo where I picked up my number. Um, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really know um, after Chicago what my logistics were, if I was going to stay in the city or go home. So I actually traveled to Chicago with gear for both races, gel for both races and both bibs. Um, just not knowing what the logistics would be on the back end, how I'd be feeling, if I'd be able to make it home, if I'd be staying in Boston, et cetera. So there was still some stuff up in the air until, uh, until I got home Sunday night, but, um, yeah, it was a challenge. So, and then sorry, I should add on after Chicago, the logistics, um, just to take it one level deeper, if you're interested. And there's been some news around this Southwest airlines, which for, I fortunately wasn't booked on went on strike i believe the pilots did so i started hearing some news coverage right after i finished up chicago about flights being canceled back to boston Um, fortunately i i was flying uh, on actually have two flights booked one for an eight o'clock and one for like a 4 30. Um, when i heard flights were getting canceled i was going to fly back with my brother on the later one, but I jetted to the airport because the most important thing for me at that point was just getting, making sure I was back in Boston ready to go Monday morning. So I was fortunate not to fall into that group, and I was actually able to give my eight o'clock ticket away to somebody who was going to be stranded in Chicago, um, but ended up uh, being able to grab my eight o'clock ticket and make it back. So that's great. And so everything went fairly to plan? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we can't control the weather. Uh, Chicago, as again, I'm sure folks have heard, was, was hot. And I don't think I anticipated, thought enough about the 
Um, the swirling winds are what I felt like was a headwind um, most of the race. But um, yeah, you know, working with you, we'd set up about coming up with an A, B, and C goal. Um, I ran a 253 in Chicago. I had hoped to break a 250. I kind of knew um, about five miles into it, um, just feeling the heat that I wasn't going to be able to break that 250. So I set about hitting that, uh, my B goal, which was to just a PR, um, which again, I was able to do by, by three minutes and what I would consider. I think I texted you afterwards and said, this is, it was a tough race for me. I mean, I was, I've never had a tougher 5k than the end of Chicago. Just that last 3.1 miles was an absolute grind for me. And I was, I was in the pain cave and then buried in the back of my mind was also, I've got to do another one of these or I get to do another one of these tomorrow. So. Yeah. So, so that was one of my questions was like, how, how was the experience mentally? Were you able to block out the thought of having to run Boston? Yeah. Having to run a marathon while you were at Chicago? I mean, I, so in Chicago, just with the marathon energy, um, all my focus was on Chicago. Like I didn't, my fueling was for one marathon. I took in a bunch of carbs, hydrated like I normally would. As soon as I got down there and started the race, I was strictly focused on Chicago. Um, you and I had chatted and, you know, my mentality on Boston was, let's just see how the body feels Monday. And then I was personally confident I'd be able to finish Boston. But again, I just, my big focus was Chicago. So. Well, that's good. That's good that it wasn't too much uh, on your mind as you were suffering through the last 5K. It was it was buried in the back there. It was like, a, <laughs> how are these toes going to feel? Just because uh, I had some foot pain going on at the end of Chicago that I knew would be back uh, Monday morning with me, but um, certainly not foremost. So, did you ever have any any doubts that you'd be able to pull this off and run back to back marathons? Um, maybe walking back from the finish line in Chicago back to the hotel when I had to pull my shoes off and stop and buy some sandals uh, at an Under Armour just to uh, just to get back to the hotel. I was like. This is going to feel interesting. I wouldn't say, I look, I, I just thought I was going to be very, very slow. In that. Um, you know, I was, I talked to my wife afterwards. It was a tremendous, has been a tremendous supporter of me through this. And, uh, you know, I, I promised her and told her um, I was going to take it easy for Boston. And that was easy for me. It was like, yeah, I might be five hours and I'm fine with that. And I would have been. Uh, yeah. It's not what happened, but, uh, I would have been fine with it. I would have been happy with that too. So. Well, that's good. That definitely helps. I think with with not having the expectations of of a certain time. Um, you you shared with me the story of Jordan Trop, who yeah ran three marathons back to back to back. Ran Baltimore, then Chicago, then Boston, and he was aiming to go under two thirty in all of these. And he, yeah. he came pretty darn close. Um, yeah, I think he averaged like a 230-30-second or something. So it, yeah. that was pretty unbelievable. It was, which I think is one of the coolest thing things about the running community is there's always something to chase. There's always yeah. somebody doing something faster, something longer, something better. Um, oh, a lot faster. And comparison is 
you know, not always a good thing, but I do think that it's cool to keep things in perspective. Someone like me who ran Boston could not imagine doing what you did and running Chicago and then Boston. And spoiler alert, you ran a 253 and then a 304, correct? Yeah, I was at a certain point, I did run a 304. Um, I did not expect to again. I was expecting that 504. But, uh, yeah. And I didn't know how the legs were going to feel until they got moving in Hopkinton. Uh, the flight back was tough. Like just being cooped up in a coach seat was, uh, I was feeling the, all the pains. And so I was like, if I'm walking, uh, that's fine. But I was pretty determined to finish. Now, I don't know if I could have done a third like Jordan could, but. Uh, that was a fun story to follow along with, especially since he was doing the Chicago Boston portion of that as well. So. Yeah, for sure. And there were a fair amount of other people that did it as well. Um, and it's really inspirational. Yeah. No, there were, there were a few on my flight and, you know, like the pilot got on the, uh, the intercom and said, uh, congrats to, um, all the finishers for Chicago. And, uh, we heard there's a couple of lunatics on here who are, trying to go in Boston as well. So I think there were three of us on the flight. And then coming across the finish line in Boston, there was also a little shout out for um, a few folks who did double headers. So there were a few of us. I wasn't the only one. You were not for sure. So I want to go back a little bit and talk about training here. And, you know, you can share your perspective and I can share a little bit of mine. But, you know, when we first started talking about your goals and, and started working together, um, you know, we, we had Chicago as kind of our, our a race and Boston was what we saw as like a victory lap, but we still wanted to make sure that you had the ability to endure two marathons in two days. So just curious what your thoughts were on, on how we trained for, for this unique objective. So I've done, I have done some back to back long mileage days before I've always, whether advised or not advised, um, Except for this year. This year, I, I took your advice and did not work out the day after a marathon. But in the past, I've done shakeout runs or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew I could get the legs going again. Um, I think I threw a curveball at you early in our training when I told you on my 36th birthday, I wanted to go out and run 36 miles um, after never going over marathon distance and not doing I think I'd gone up to maybe 15 miles once in the six months before that. Um, so when I was able to do that, that was a huge confidence booster for me, which honestly I carried with me. That was kind of in the back of my head flying back from Chicago. Like, look, if I did 36 miles in one stretch, um, now I didn't go at the same paces, but I was, I was confident I could get the legs going. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we didn't change a whole lot in in my view. You know, we really wanted to target Chicago as your, as your A race, get a PR there. Um, we did mix in a couple back to back days where we'd have a long run and then a, a kind of medium long, long run on the, on the following day. And that, and those were good for me to just feel and know a, a portion of what it was going to be. Like. Right. But, uh, but yeah, it was a unique challenge. I enjoyed working with you on this one and it was incredible to, to see how you did. And so I think that might be the most valuable 
piece that we can talk about. And I'm sure there are more qualified exercise scientists and, and physiologists out there that can provide <clears throat> more detailed info on, on, on this kind of case study. But, you know, you ran Boston, Chicago, Chicago, Boston, back-to-back days, Shalane Flanagan did the same. She was running six marathons in seven weeks. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned, Jordan ran three marathons in three days. Plenty of people ran, um, ran, ran these back-to-back races. And, you know, I don't know how everybody did in terms of performance. I know, you know, you PR'd and then you ran a fairly comfortable marathon in not that much slower than your, than your PR. Um, Shalane Flanagan, granted, she's a very fast runner, very accomplished runner, but she's running all of her marathons in like the 240 range. Uh, Jordan, as we mentioned, like his PR isn't that much faster than 230. And he ran like 227, 232, 231, or something like that three days in a row. So, you know, what do you think that amateur runners and elite runners can can learn from this experience of of people doing these kind of crazy, unique feats of running these back-to-back marathons? Yeah, I'm certainly not an expert. Um I do think that there's something to be said for, and my running journey has been a journey. Like there's, you know, I've always wanted to do the marathon and be a marathoner. Um, but years ago when I was not in great shape, um, it was a daunting thought to think that I would be able to run a marathon. Um, certainly never get to the paces I'm at right now. And then um, there's a portion of it, which is just, I think mentally, when we really challenge ourselves um, to get the legs going on Monday morning, like for me, that was the challenge. I knew once I was moving, I'd be able to finish. It's just getting through that threshold in our brains. It's like, yeah, I can actually move my legs and get them going again. And then all of a sudden I surprised myself. Um, and uh, I think I surprised a few other folks. Um, not that I did anything heroic, but uh, I was psyched with my Boston performance and I'm, Maybe it was the temps, but uh, for some reason, maybe it was the home course. Boston was fun. Not that Chicago wasn't. It felt better to me. Um, and I, again, I don't know what that's about, but uh, I think, you know, when we give our, ourselves a shot and are able to get through that mental barrier of I can't, we can really surprise ourselves sometimes. That's very, very well said. And I agree. I think that the the mental component is huge. And we often, you know, probably don't put ourselves in these types of situations because we just assume that we can't. And so we had a lot of people that put themselves in these, in these situations and they learned, and I think we all learned through their experiences that we can. Um, and I think that from a scientific standpoint, the, the big lesson is that like the actual muscular damage of running a marathon at PR pace is not as significant as we probably thought it was right and you can bounce back fairly quickly if you are you know doing a few things to, to help your recovery and you're making sure that you are refueling uh throughout the the first marathon and afterwards um you can bounce back quicker and the actual physiological damage from from the marathon itself isn't so significant so that's a, a pretty cool uh lesson to to learn and um very, very inspiring. Figuring out the bounce back, like as soon as I finished up Chicago, 
again, went back to the hotel, figuring out how to get my, I guess, you know, nutrition was just what to do to try and rehydrate as much as possible. Cause again, heat was a big factor and then get some calories back on board because anybody who's done a marathon or pushed their body at a PR pace for a you know, sustained amount of time knows your first instinct isn't always to, to go out and eat yeah. after a marathon. So that was honestly the, one of the bigger challenges for me, um, logistically and uh, just getting ready for Boston was how to, how to get my body ready to do what I, I thought my mind could do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, very inspirational. I loved following along and being a part of your journey and also getting to, to witness what some other people did and, I hope that everybody out there that, you know, hears this or you know, hears about Jordan's story or Shalane's story, you know, does take it to heart and, and realize that we are capable of doing a lot more than we, we think we can. And that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, again, thank you, Tucker, for everything you did for me coaching wise. Um, and I look forward to working with you in the future. Uh, you've been tremendous asset on the, on the physical front. And then, uh, just on the mental front too, I'm obviously somebody who likes taking on these challenges. Uh, you're good at trying to, trying to keep me in check and, um, and I look forward to the next one. So. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to help you train for one marathon next time around. <laughs> we'll but, see. TBD. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what you can do next as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this one. If you did, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review and share this with anyone who you think would benefit from hearing it. Make sure that you hit subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And I look forward to bringing you more content to help you become the best version of yourself. Yeah.